0: This is Total Recall, a semi annual, I don't know, I don't know how often semi-annual is. Look at an Austin P sporting event from days gone by. I am Colby Wilson, proprietor of PCAST LLC. With me as always, Casey Krieger, and today, of course, the boss, LFA Cody Bush. Today's subject the twenty sixteen OBC Tournament quarterfinal matchup with Tennessee State. In men's basketball,
1: I feel like I should have some coffee on the table if we're going to have topics.
0: Well, I mean, this, this, this is just the one topic, so okay. we should be we okay. should be pretty good to go there. Uh, let's set the scene uh, in Nashville. First of all, municipal municipal. I think
2: everybody was there. No, no, Cody
0: wasn't there.
1: Cody wasn't there. We had baseball. Yeah, I didn't even see this you, game live. You,
0: you didn't see any of those games live because that whole weekend. Yeah, we were we were. I think we hosted a tournament. Yeah. Uh, Less than twenty four hours removed from an absolute beatdown of Tennessee Tech. Which
1: I remember because we watched the live stats and everyone in the press box was like, Where has this team been? Horton, all year.
0: Chris Horton tossed up thirty seven and twenty one less than twenty four hours ago. The Govs, I mean, had to have like nineteen different things fall into place on the last day of the regular season to make the tournament as the eight seed. Now they are playing for the semifinals. A spot in the semifinals against Tennessee State. With a, us? A Dana Ford. A Dana Ford, Tennessee State. Who was
1: what? Their, when I was watching this, I was like, Dana Ford was what? Like their first coach in a run of like a coach a year for four years? Uh, he
0: was the second because Cooper was right in front of him. And Cooper had gone to Miami of Ohio. And then Ford went to Miami of Ohio. <laughs> when and is now at Missouri State. Yeah. Where he's he's the youngest coach in the MCA, wasn't he? Yes, he was, and he was a really good coach. As a matter of fact, and I'm very happy he's out of our league because uh, he he had Tennessee State primed, running on all cylinders. Really good, uh, really, really defensive, te- tenacious would be would be the term. For about 30 use.
1: minutes in this game, I would say that is a true statement. Yes.
0: Well, I mean, just kind of overall, and I still think to this day after watching this over again, you ask any Tennessee State person exactly what happened and caused them to lose, there's no there's no definitive pinpointed answer, I think. There's
1: just, it, having watched the game, um, I'll make a controversial statement later in this, but watching the game, that point at which the run starts is about 920, Mm-hmm. Left in the second, where we're down eighteen, all of a sudden Tennessee State's offense just vanished for the last nine twenty of that game. Like they went back to the way things were in the start of the first half, where it was, was one late. and done. Yeah, if they could get a shot up,
0: they they would take they would do what got us down so far in yeah. the first place. But and
1: and you could just see every time every empty trip, mm-hmm. the despair got deeper and deeper and deeper, and you could see their crowd was getting. Less and less into it, and they needed their crowd. Like their crowd Once, helped them because it was right behind their bench. Our crowd, their was crowd
0: faded. Our crowd roared. surged. Yeah. Uh, to start with, our announcing crew for the day: Chad Withrow and Jonathan Hutton, straight out of the George Blaster finishing school. George was not a uh, play-by-play or analyst. He's a radio dude. He's a radio dude. So take that uh, for what it is worth. I mean.
1: It's a, remember. This game's on OVC Digital. This is not an ESPN Plus affair. This is not an ESPN setup affair. Your, your broadcast quality reflects this. And, and at times, you know, especially in the conference tournament, it was a struggle to find talent. I can't remember if this was a year where there was something else going on in Nashville,
0: either with the no, SEC. We had, or we had finally staggered off of that. This was our first year where we staggered off the SEC model, and we're kind of the. Uh, the tune-up event for the city.
2: The sideline reporter was reading just straight note cards it seemed like cuz yes. she was terrible or the stats. I'm well, sorry but she was bad. Yes, Casey well.
0: uh, didn't did not appreciate the contributions of our sideline. Reporter, <laughs> it was it was, was he just texted me at 11:30 on very, Monday night. It was very
2: scripted and very bad. So
0: the game begins and as Cody alluded to Tennessee state getting just not really good One and done. Good shots. Uh, rebound goes to Horton is a phrase that I feel like I heard three dozen times yes. during this night uh, I didn't look at a box score so I don't know their like total
1: 12. offensive rebounds but they, if they had double digit offensive rebounds for the game I'd be pretty surprised by that because it didn't feel like that during the course of the, the game
0: their second and third opportunities came in little pockets during that big yeah. run where they went up but other than that they were not very offensively efficient and did not get many second opportunities throughout the night. Municipal, um, in I In mean, all of its glory. You can tell... I don't want to bag on municipal too much, because... I mean, it's not municipal's so, fault for being municipal. Some no. some of my favorite Austin Peay athletic memories have come... Absolutely. ...in municipal auditorium. But you know how when they say Memorial Magic is when Vanderbilt gets a big win at home against an unsuspecting team, or they topple a big foe. Well, Municipal Magic is when the Wi-Fi was working long enough to clip a tweet (laughs) of a video. Yes.
1: Absolutely 100% true. Um, You know, Municipal... I wouldn't mind if the tournament would find its way back to Municipal, but there's a lot of money that needs to be put in Municipal to make it a modern facility. And I don't know that Metro
0: is remotely interested in that with Bridgestone six blocks down the street. As much as I like the ease of getting to Municipal, uh, for my own selfish purposes, it is going to be hard to backtrack from everything that we are getting at the Ford Center in Evansville yes. to go back to Municipal. Early on, TSU set the tone defensively, and I think Taj McCall is probably somebody we need to talk about because that dude <laughs> just – you could put him on anybody. Like, it, with the exceptional Horton because he was 6'2", he he could go to Robinson, shut him down for a possession or two. Is this their guard? Uh, the defense guard. player of the year, yeah. Yeah, the guy up
1: top that yeah. Robinson was not very happy to see. No. Oh, he led the game in scoring, this game
2: too. Oh,
0: yeah, he did. I mean, he was he, – that's one of the things that – not that this is a TSU podcast or anything, but, like, that guy was amazing that day. Was he one of
2: the transfers? Uh, yes,
0: yes, as a matter of fact, he was. Did you know that TSU had two transfers that uh, came – he came from Niagara and uh, – The other came from Montana. Yeah, the, the other kid from came Montana. from Montana. Yeah, yeah, it came up several times, I feel like. Also, a curious amount of knowledge about the Tennessee State uh, verticals. One yeah. 37, that 37, one got 42. Not, not just a
2: vertical, a standing vertical. A standing
0: vertical, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, one of the things that obviously leaps out when you watch this back six, five, whatever number of years later, is uh, that was the last of the Russell Athletic days. Yeah, those guys stand out. That was probably Russell's like last real shining moment as a brand, right? Like us making that run and getting them all <laughs> that.
2: Like when did Georgia Tech dump them?
0: Georgia. Well, Georgia Tech wasn't really. Georgia Tech wouldn't make any NCAA tournament runs. No, Georgia, but their football team was at
2: least appearing on the ESPN occasionally. Uh,
0: like on the BBVA Compass Bowl. Uh, well, you know. I mean.
2: Calvin Johnson was probably their, their big thing there.
0: Yeah. yeah and they, Calvin Johnson they ran the triple option with him.
2: Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah.
0: One of the things that stood out, especially to me, and it's going to become crazier when you look back at his stat line, is – Khalil Davis, all gentlemen 6'5 and maybe 180 after a large lunch, was going down and like mixing it up with Wayne Martin and the TSU Bigs. And his numbers were, um, well, actually, I wrote them down here. Three points, two boards for the entire game. And yet you could never forget that he was on the court for a minute because he would just fly in out of nowhere. He was just throwing bodies around. Just just tossing bodies around. He disrupted things defensively. He also disrupted things offensively because he didn't shoot very well that day. <laughs> uh, he hit a big three. He, he hit one big three early in the first half, and I was like, oh, yeah, this was the game that KD shot. And Because like, he was like a 28% shooter from three for the year, and I thought this was the one. Apparently it was a different tournament game where he lit it up from three because it wasn't this one. Um. My memory of the first 10 minutes
1: is the Austin P. defense and offense not committing a single foul for 10 minutes. Yeah. The cleanest 10 minutes of basketball by any team in the country probably that season. Well, yeah. Certainly to the, for us. According to the three officials on the court. So, certainly for correct. us
0: because we, I mean – I mean, when Horton we got and our first. Kenny Jones
1: existed in foul trouble yeah. that year. Um, I remember when we got our first foul, and the Bronx cheer, of course, went up from the Tennessee Partisans, and you couldn't disagree. I mean, how often do you see a team go oh, 10 minutes, ten minutes with no fouls without mean, a foul to start a game?
0: I was on the book that game, and I was like, this is yeah, I this you admit, an odd. It in a, this in is a weird spot. Oh, yeah, no, it was that whole that whole table was a who's who, a murderer's row of, hey, that guy was around the OVC. Yeah, yeah.
2: Still there, still kicking. Our friends from Martin still doing still, the score, still, or Staten. Chip Hobeck so it's still, still the doing the – one way
1: UT Martin can be guaranteed. Someone will make the basketball championship.
2: Chip <laughs> Hobeck's still
0: doing the PA. Uh, this was our first real uh, Chris Porter-Bunton kind of getting an opportunity because he'd been sort of the hybrid three, four, five, whatever he needed to be, which is basically the role that he served his entire career here. I still always preferred him at the three because in the very, very, very limited amounts of run he got at that in this game, his shooting showed up and his versatility showed up and he wasn't being asked to try to bang bodies with guys three inches taller and 25 pounds heavier than him. And that's because, I mean, you just looked at us in this game and you could tell we were... We had Horton and we had the Lollipop Guild. Yeah,
1: well, and we were tired. Yeah. You could tell we had played the night before... From 10 minutes left in the first half until whenever we decided to show up in the second, it was kind of like we were taking a deep, 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 deep breath, breath um, and, and hoping that Tennessee State wouldn't get away from us. Yeah, and, keep, and if we didn't have maintain. CP, and if we didn't have CPB, who knows if this is an 18-point game by the time we yeah. wake up in the second half because he was about all we had because they were de- bound and determined – well, that Chris Horton would not be a factor in this game on the
0: scoring side. Well, it was him and it was Davis who were flying around and disrupting things and trying to provide a spark. They just so happened that both of them weren't particularly adroit shooters at this particular yeah. moment in time. And so that uh, that was tough. That was difficult. Uh, you got a hand it to Tennessee State in the first half. Horton, three points, three boards. Uh, he was – you get him on the block in a one-on-one during that tournament. and It was just two. It was yep. automatic. They did an outstanding job. <laughs> if there were them.
1: two guys coming at him when he got the ball, there were three guys coming at yeah. him because they were bringing the guy from the opposite block and bringing the guy that, down they from would the wing. Dig
0: and they would have help side <laughs> to if if a shot went up, it was getting altered. They were daring
1: us. Anyone else out here on the floor and, can beat us. And you kind of Chris Horton is not going to get thirty-seven. On us tonight. and That's you
2: when our friend Zach Galata came in and got a big three-point play in the first half. Yeah, he sure not did. Not the kind you expect from Zach Galata. No. Went the, to the rim. Yeah. Took traditional.
0: It, t- took it to the rack, which that might have been his only traditional old-fashioned three-point play that year. Uh,
2: he might have had more four-point plays than those in his life. Hit oh, the, probably. Hit the three, get fouled, hit the free throw. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Horton, like, you can watch him in real time sort of
0: starting to figure it out. Like, all right – this is where this guy's supposed to be. Here come eight defenders. I got to kick it out to Murray. I got to kick it out to. And when I when I say we were small, like, yeah, no, we jo- were small. Kenny Jones is six six, one ninety. He was our four, and like his jer- you you just could see his jersey hanging. It looked like he got his older brother's jersey. <laughs> and I I don't say that to disparage Kenny at all. Who fought like no, the devil were, all they, year.
1: I mean, this team was still. I mean, you think about it, Zach Glotta is on this team. And what, maybe his freshman or freshman. This is freshman. his freshman year. So th- lived down this, the hall from me in the dorms. This was a very young team in 2016 outside of a couple of key pieces. Okay. And, and it physically showed. Yeah. I mean, physically we were young. Uh, we hadn't filled out. We hadn't found the weight room. Oh, yeah. Consistently yet. Um, you know, and Tennessee State has never been a team that you look at and go, this is a team that m- cannot find its way to the weight room. They were –
0: you this know, is this was built out and ready, year. ready to roll. This is yeah. the first year we had a dedicated strength conditioning guy because this is the first year Bobby Melanson worked with him. Because in previous years, when Bubba was on staff, he did the strength conditioning right. stuff. So this was the first time that we had one of the the actual dedicated strength conditioning people really handling it. You touched on Glotta, and I don't guess I would revisited it to the point where it was that noticeable until I started really looking at it for this game. He improved so much defensively over the course of his four yes. years. Like You watch him, and he's hunched over trying to like combat. He's trying to go speed for speed with these guys who are just clearly so much faster yeah. than him. He's trying to anticipate. He's not using his hands at all. Like It's jarring to see how much better he got over the course of four years.
1: Well, I mean, again, it's that difference between, you know, what makes a kid a good high school player and – what is what is needed to become a great D1 player. Um, and you get away with so much in high school defensively. Oh, yeah. As long as you can score in high school most of the time, that's good enough. You know. Well,
0: and if you're going to wind up being a Division One basketball player, you're going to have the anticipatory skills to probably get the guy who's going to be rushing Kappa Sig his freshman year. Completion.
1: Right, and, and let's be honest, the one thing Austin Peave, between Dave Luce and now Matt Figger, has been known for is we will play defense. You will play defense if you want to be on the court. Scoring is not enough to keep you there, as Zach Glotta found out several times as he got the old Dave Luce
2: sub you in. Oh, nope, you're done. One play, come yeah. back it's over same here. same thing for Chris Porter-Bunton, too. Yeah. It was. Because I mean. his defense in this one was, but, like, by the time he left, he could lock
0: down. Well, some I mean, that's, that was the thing that, it was like, you will play defense or you will not play. Correct. And the two guys that, really bridged both eras were these two guys who absolutely killed themselves defensively. We are up one going into the final first half media, and it hasn't been a – Were we up one at the last media? We were up one (laughs) going into the last first half media.
1: I didn't keep track in the first half because I knew we got down, and then I kept track of the second half scoring because I knew there was a comeback coming at a certain point. Because that's what this game is known for. It's known as the, one of the great comebacks yeah. in Austin P history. I didn't realize that it went from one to eighteen.
0: <laughs> it was so in the under four. It was so weird to watch watch it back because I'd remembered, you know, time plays tricks with your memory. Anyway, I had remembered. Oh, we were kind of we didn't have our legs. We were coming. Oh no! By the we, p- our first half was just a disaster. We were down twenty, and really, we for most of the first half it was. Not a stalemate, but we certainly did the, enough to keep ourselves in the game.
1: The first 15 minutes of the first half was kind of a give and take. Yeah. You know, no one really took control of the first 15 minutes at, for any significant stretch of time. I mean, I think we got up, what, eight, nine points, and then Tennessee State like made it 20, 20 mini to 13. Run. Yeah, something like that. Then Tennessee State made a little mini run to get it back level, and then Tennessee State makes the big run at the end of the first half, and then there's the lull. Once they get it to 18, both teams kind of exchange baskets. And then there's the final 9-20 of this game where things just completely go off the rails based on what you had just seen.
0: You see this a lot with the way our tournament is structured where you got the bye and you got the team coming in that played the night before. And they don't really have their legs as much, but they have been in game mode and then you've got the team that had the extra day and they got to kind of kick the rust off and so the first half of these things can get weird and wonky
1: and remember these ladder tournament formats were built to prevent what austin p not only did this year but the austin p women did once before in the ladder format and broke the women's ladder yeah to the point where they were like well the ladder doesn't work if austin p can come all the way from game one to win a title and then the men go ahead and do it not Two, three, four years later, do game one to the championship, and it's just like the ladder doesn't. The latter it's not a guarantee matter. of anything. But as usual, when you get to this point in the season, it's about who is hot, who gets hot at the right time, well, and shooters. <laughs> you,
0: you start finding shooters. Yeah,
1: and Austin Peay got hot at the
0: right time this year. At this point in, because TSU rips off this run over the last four minutes and it's you get this weird vibe of as the eight seed well that was a good run that was a lot of fun we got an upset threw a scare into a contender heads up everybody and then you got a whole half of basketball to still yeah. go it was just it was a weird spot to be at where it's like we could come back and make a game of this
1: i mean 18 and a half is not insurmountable I mean you've got to make it you've got you've got to make it you got to work at it. I mean you just can't come out and trade baskets like we did. Yeah. In theory, you shouldn't be able to come out and trade baskets for 10 minutes and go, "Okay,
2: now we're going to put on to play. Yeah.
1: Against a against a team like Tennessee State that's known for its defense, you would think, you know, if you can outscore them 2 to 1 every 2 minutes, you'll be able to get your way back into this game at the end, but you know, after the first 10 minutes where we just started, traded baskets i would just love to know what happened at that nine twenty mark there's you know because we started there we'll were there. there were we'll two there. there were two switches flipped one in the good direction one in an off position
0: <laughs> so when did you win your trip to myrtle beach you never
2: cashed i think it was at halftime Think I think it was at <laughs> halftime. I think it was at halftime. It's a blur. It was so, such uh, an
1: exciting moment for the young Krigger that, that he can't remember. Just a dominant performance is what it was.
0: You sent me the video. It was a skull dragon.
2: Uh, <laughs> all I had to do was put on a T-shirt, put on a Hawaiian shirt, put on some big old sunglasses and make a layup after running back. I ran run to half court, do that, then run back and make a layup. The other dude never even left half court, never got the shirt on. How did he not get a shirt on? I mean, it's like T-shirt. Just pull it over and, like, throw the Hawaiian shirt on. It, like, it doesn't have to be comfortable. Just get it on and make a layup. Because you think of Myrtle Beach and you think Hawaiian shirts. Right. Know, no, yeah. Uh,
1: I mean. There's your natural cr- connection for you folks.
2: Just a dominant performance. Um, I think I really started the Austin P. offense. Got it fired up there at the got half. It. The Matt team mascot. <laughs> I really got the energy going. And Look at the, this
0: uh, chubby freshman out here. He, if he can do this, what's, what's I think I was skinnier
2: shoes. as a freshman than I am now, so. Congrats. <laughs> Um, coming out of halftime, the most... The inspired team, uh, because of
0: my halftime performance. Oh, shut up. The Coming out of halftime, we got a Lee Wilmot shout-out from the broadcast crew. I don't know if you guys heard that. but No, I was zoned out by this
1: point. Do we need I kept trying to skip forward when I could. Who's I Lee Wilmot? Should
2: th- I know who this is? Yeah, you should know who this okay. is. Lee
1: Wilmot. If you don't, you will. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, Lee is... There's still opportunities. Yeah, Lee is a uh, is a great dude who I, I love hanging out with whenever we go to the tournament. He also
2: talks like this. It's, it's slow. He might have sat next to me during a women's He probably mistake. did, yeah. yeah. He's, he's always on he's the stack. Right. He's always on the stack course. right down there.
0: Yeah, he comes up here every once in a while. Uh, this is this is a Lee Wilmot podcast now, and I'll break no quarter about it. Hey, here's an early second-half sequence that I think might have been within the first minute that was just like, well, this is awful. So McCall hits a J. We call timeout immediately.
1: Yes, I remember this, because like, the broadcast crew it, was confused. It, it, it
0: was maybe the first possession of the second half. First, first or second,
1: second.
0: yeah. I want to say time- it was the
1: second. It was the second. After their second possession, Dave Luce calls timeout, as is his want on occasion.
0: Well, when he's already feeling like, okay, this is we can't let this get away. We call timeout. We... Come back out on the court. We run a play for Horton. He gets blocked. McCall runs down, gets a bucket. Sixteen point lead. We looked terrible. Disheveled. That that was that was the worst like two three possession sequence yes. of the entire thing. Where it's like, okay, well, this is done. This good.
1: If if there were if that was a sequence of of possessions where Tennessee State did not foul Chris Horton, then that was a rarity well, in the first three minutes of this second half because. Every time there was a foul called, you knew Tennessee State had touched Chris Horton in the block. And the officials, Dave Luce must have found the officials for a brief moment and said, can you do something about
0: this? It was a veteran OVC officiating. It was a who's who. And that means exactly everything
1: that you think it means. I mean, they tried to stay out of this game.
0: Well, they tried too much to stay out of it yeah. the first half, and then I think they probably had a little too much to do with it in the second. You yes. let them see the stash at halftime. Oh well, and that's I, I hate it. I hate it when the refs come over in any sport at halftime. What are the like, fa- what's the foul count? What's the foul count? What's the foul never count? Good, that's yeah. never a good sign because you know you, what's about to happen. That, that means you're about to dictate what you do. For the only the, thing worse than that
1: is being told in a regular season game that they have placed a, mo- a monitor in the building for the officiating crew. Like yeah. they brought one of their checkers in because you know everything in the everything in the if, building's if, getting called. If, if you've got the
0: the head of officiating visiting for any game that night, it's Up,
1: oh, you've got a wristband on. You're going to have to take that off. Oh, you shuffled your
0: feet. Yeah. That's a travel today. If, oh, you looked at him cross-eyed.
1: I'm going to have to call you for a technical. If you're
0: wearing an undershirt that does not match the shirt yeah. that you are wearing, that is nope, not going to. I mean, happen. the tournament's these not are. so bad because you get these old they all they're
1: they're not trying to impress anyone at that point except maybe an NCA cross-checker but they've made their hay at this point um but the problem is now they know that they're being watched nationally if you can call obc digital nationally
0: um i mean you can watch it across the nation across Not the, the world same. across <laughs> the world
1: but given who this crew was, the way they officiated the game, I was not stunned by. No, I mean, I, we any have a coach l- that sees that crew knows exactly how the game is going to get called.
2: We have a long
0: track record of, yes. of that. That group. Yeah, we're two media timeouts into this. Nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. No, like, it, it is still trade a basket, trade a stop, ebb flow, give take. Nothing has occurred over the first eight or so minutes of this half to lead anybody to believe. Okay. Huge comeback. Someone starts. Someone's, basically,
1: right now, someone's going to make a run at this. You know, there was no feeling through ten minutes that Tennessee State was going to put you know put us out of our misery and blow this out, or that we were going to come back and make a game of it. And, and you could tell by the way the energy, neither neither team fan group was really involved in this game through the first ten minutes of the second half. There wasn't no. a lot of cheering. It was just two teams kind of.
0: Running around on a basketball court. It, it, it had a very uh, Saturday morning at the YMCA
2: feel yes, to it. Yes, it did. It was a very sleepy comeback at, start, at first. At
0: first, yeah. But then you hit the final eight forty three, and the Governors outscore to issue 32-12 to end the game. It was a 27-4
1: run where they went without a field goal, without a field goal for almost eight minutes in this game until they hit the – Hit a trash time, what's effectively a trash time bucket in the last 30 seconds. Right. I mean, it's what that all that basket did for Tennessee State is give them the opportunity to foul us again and hope that we didn't make free throws. Which was a pretty good gamble. Until the final minute when all of a sudden Robinson decided, well, I'm not going to miss a free throw the rest of the game and just. Oh, yeah,
0: I wrote that down. He was, let me see here, one of five to start the game and made his final five
1: at the line. Yeah. And, and, you know, it didn't. If your Tennessee and Tennessee State was playing the number, oh yeah, he's shot twenty percent for the game. Who knows what a season? He pr- was at eighty-five. Was. They referenced it during said the it seventy-five. Yeah. I think oh, they said it like ten times in the last two minutes. Oh, and, I thought and they it's, said eighty-five. And it's like, well, you know, there's regression to the mean, but there's also progression <laughs> yeah. to the
0: mean at a t- at a
1: certain point.
0: I mean, so. as a group, though, twenty-one to thirty-eight at the line in the game. I mean, we had no business being in it with those kind of numbers, but it also helped that TSU just kept fouling five. Yes tigers with four more fouls yep. by the end of this thing well
1: it got to a point where they were referencing there was a i remember a reference to the record for most fouls in an ovc game from the 1950s yeah and it's just like yeah what was it 36 fouls by eku mm-hmm.
0: it's a foul a minute
1: and let me know there's no paper in front of me that's just something randomly no, it, it i remember stood out to me yeah. i think it's and, and you
0: had a feeling that we could get close well they they have You know, they kept alluding to that. Like, you know, plenty of time. If things string some stops together, get a couple of buckets. My theory on this is that once this lead hit 20 and we were not playing the most. Did it get to 20? It got to 20. Got to 20. I
1: remember 18 because that's when the run started. We were down 18 when the run began.
0: Yeah, well, we shredded water at 20 for a little bit. Oh, yeah. But once we.
1: I'll get to that. That's that's one of my. That's my controversial.
0: I think that. TSU kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit, and then once it became like, "Oh crap, they're coming back! We got to do something." They just could not. They couldn't find that gear it's, again. They it, couldn't come I mean, back.
1: It's the old story that, you know, once you got your, to, go old school on it. It's once you put your foot on someone's throat, you gotta you, leave it. You finish it off. The moment you take your foot off their throat, you're giving them a chance to get up and get on their feet. And once they do that. You don't have control of the situation anymore, and you could just see this game spiral out of Tennessee State's control over the last nine minutes. I mean, every basket was just another nail in a coffin to them from a body language point of view. You just watch their body language, and they're like, we
0: have – We can't stop it. We, we, don't,
1: can't, we don't know what to do here. Yeah. And Dana Ford didn't have
0: anything he could bring off the bench
1: to really quell this, this run.
0: Everything he had on the bench had four fouls by yeah. that
2: point. Most important play for me was the Horton put-back dunk off the three because yeah. that's what woke everybody up.
0: That like. that plugged everybody back in because,
2: like I said, it was a sleepy comeback. And then Horton grabs that missed three pointer and throws it down. And it's like, all right, let's go.
0: Well, you start getting you start the crowd getting got into it. Contributions from Robinson hit a bucket. Jared Savage hit a bucket. John Murray. And what people, what maybe lost the sands of time about this is that that season John Murray was basically spot duty and garbage time. Like, he was not, I will say, that early in the season, John was not the most committed defensive player. I think he will say that himself. <laughs> and with Dave Luce, you gotta, you got to demonstrate some trial hard on the defensive end before you can do much Correct. on the offensive end. But that, was, that
1: was always true during the Dave Luce era. If you did not give an effort on the defensive end and got burned, you can come have a seat by me until I can find yeah. a spot for you to get
0: back in here. But this like this sequence I think was a huge just a huge contributing factor to the rest of his Austin Peay career, one of which should have earned him all OVC honors the next season but like that three he hit with 25 seconds left that put us up comfortably or relatively <laughs> uh, I think we had, I, we, had, I, we, had a, we had a more than one possession
1: lead yes. at that point
0: I I firmly believe that completely altered the trajectory of his Austin B. career. Like that doing doing that coming through in that spot. Oh, absolutely! That, that, that and, was the thing that spearheaded his success yeah. the next season. I I guess we need to talk about McCall and his uh, James Harden. Uh, I mean, it was it wasn't just the one at the end, which we'll say for the end. But like at one point. Uh, one of the announcers goes. McCall does a great job bringing the ball up, drawing the contact, and selling it. He sells it well. Like, oh, so Harden. He's James Harden, basically.
1: Before there, before there was Which, a James Harden.
0: Do you think that Mike D'Antoni was sitting at home watching this uh, rather, rather pedestrian mid-major college basketball game and had a eureka moment? It was like, oh, I oh, have oh. an idea. I've everybody, got an idea. Everybody, come here. I've <laughs> solved it. I hope not. Hope not.
1: That'd be fun. That would be fun. We'll we'll find out in the Mike D'Antoni memoirs.
0: Yeah, let us published. know, Mike. Give us a call. Yeah, give us a shout. We'd love to have you on the PCAS, Mike. Uh, they when they pan the crowd and Cody, you've been here longer than me.
1: <laughs> there is, is is this the one where they're yeah they're at mid court and they're doing the mid court pan across our crowd and with the pom poms and yeah. And the who's who of Austin Peay supporters.
0: The who's – you got your Carolins, you got your Nicky's. Yeah, absolutely. You got some people that I ain't seen before and ain't seen since. You too. only see them at the conference tournament. Or you with us oh, when I it's can going bad, don't be with us when it's going there's a, well.
1: There's always that contingent that always show, would show up in Nashville because they're probably Nashville fans, and they don't want to come up – they don't want to make the trek north, which
0: I, I get. I know. do it every day of my life.
1: Um, and this was their one opportunity where they knew for sure – you know, they were gonna to get to watch Austin P. play. Now, did they realize that they were gonna get to see Austin P. play four times in in this weekend? Probably not. They were probably hoping for a couple yeah. solid performances. I mean um,
0: when you come in as the eight seed, you you're at house money when you make the quarters. Right.
1: Um but yeah, you the front row it was is you know, the red coat society right there. That's the whole front row sitting I, right there.
0: I remember when they had Coach Luce's uh
1: Daniel was in. The, Daniel was there. Oh yeah. No green pants, which no. is always a disappointment.
0: When they did Lucy's interview post game with the announcers, it looked like Carolyn Yarbrough was about to come over the table and like She might have hug. given the opportunity. Yeah, if she if she'd had half a chance, I think she might have. I thought the Kenny Jones wrong basket tip in it happened much earlier in the game. I no. did not realize it happened with two minutes to yeah.
1: go. Yeah, it happened late, and it was sure. just one of the. It there was a there was a sequence of events there. we were watching it for the first time. I'm like, if I hadn't known we had won this game, you I'd would, be like, this is a problem that could come back to bite Austin P. And that was one of them. And then we committed a, a couple one. of
0: mistakes with ball handling wise. There was one possession where like we did an entry pass to the post that basically hit Horton in the feet. Yeah, with like twenty seven seconds right. like on I, the shot clock. And I want to
1: say there was one time where we passed it directly to a Tennessee State player, but I can't remember I can't remember when that happened in this game. But you know all of this harkens back to my controversial statement is this is not a great basketball game. Oh no, heavens no. I think if you asked both coaches at the end of this game, they both would have found plenty of faults for both teams in this game. This game is a well known game because of the comeback. Yeah. If there's not this massive comeback at the end, no one remembers this game. Like this game know. is shuffled off into the dustbin of history with no if, ands, or buts about it because there's maybe, and it might be pushing it, 10 minutes of just good basketball in this game. And that's probably pushing the limit.
0: Not 10 consecutive. No, it's no. not 10 no.
1: consecutive. No, you're you're going to have to get your cut and paste out to yeah. put those 10 minutes together like you're going to have to put one heck of an effort into it to get to 10 minutes
0: the fun thing about that wrong basket was that the only reason we got that call right in Stat crew was because <laughs> earlier that year when chris austin and i were still doing the basketball Stat crew for austin p games we'd had a wrong basket issue and we had to use good old w code we had to use the wrong basket function and everything else and apparently not used very often
1: no it is not it should not
0: be used <laughs> no. very often no it um, should not
1: but you got to see it twice in a year that's pretty impressive yeah well, that's, 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 that's
0: that's almost like that uh, it's on the resume right it's there. almost like that time in baseball where we saw Dan or uh, Matt Willins and uh get catchers interference twice yep. in the same game yeah. yeah
1: you know and it's just kind of like you know you shouldn't see it and I understand why it happened like you watch the play and it's pretty easy
0: yeah no you can't you can't say he's trying anything. he's trying to
1: tip it yeah and he just tips it right in. tips it goes right in. He could do it again if he tried, but here we are, giving
0: up a basket late. It was uncanny, it seemed like, how when a big shot, when every time it seemed like we were in danger of losing the momentum, somebody else would come along and get a shot. And it was a different guy. Like, this wasn't the best Horton game. No. After after the 37-21 the night before, this was a fairly pedestrian effort. And it's not like anybody else really had – their absolute best stuff. It I mean, just... I remember doing the,
1: the play-by-play, like keeping the scoring so I could see the run and writing down who was making the points and Robinson's name would pop up, CBB popped up. Savage so uh, would come up.
2: Savage Murray hit a couple, yeah. Did there was a lot on of Horton. Every Savage three. I think Horton assisted on every Savage three yeah. while we're at it.
0: Well, I mean, they're doubling and tripling on him and he was just, all right, well, this there's, guy's wide there's, this there's Jared Here for three go. again. I mean, there wasn't a lot of Horton scoring.
1: In this nine-minute run. It was mostly the supporting cast I doing mean, the job.
0: TSU, exe- for their game plan, they executed it flawlessly. Horton was not going to beat them.
1: Unfortunately.
0: That was the game everybody else chose to beat them.
1: That's when everyone else decided, you know, we can we can go out here and hit a basket or two at a time. Because, like you said, it wasn't one person that just rattled off eight points. You know, I mean, I think Robinson was good for a four-point run, and then someone else would step up and hit a basket. Robinson you know, had
0: that little... Sn- sequence where he uh, got fouled I think three or four straight yeah. times down. Right at the floor. end.
1: Yeah. yeah. He he sealed it at the end because like you said, he had, got fouled three times and made five of the six and it just happened to be the final five that he made in that run.
2: He well, could get to the rim, huh? He,
0: he could. He he had a once we I mean the thing the thing that flipped this switch for the year anyway was moving him to point and moving Savage into the starting line the last weekend of the season. That that group went 6-0 and before running into Big Bad Kansas in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I remember you're, you're all making the trip to D- beautiful Des Moines, Iowa. The <laughs> most fun anyone's ever had in Iowa, <laughs> the best of my knowledge. <laughs> 74-71, last possession for TSU. Inbound to McCall, who, again, lights out this whole game. He runs it up the court, and he his three attempt. One, it was a bad shot attempt in the first place. it was, Two, it, was it was hurried. His judo kick <laughs> thing, like his left leg—if somebody had been—is this the foul in the upper? No, no, this was the the, uh, the left the wing.
1: Yeah, okay, so this wasn't the one where they had to review who actually committed the foul.
2: I think they wound up doing it, even though no, it, they were looking at whether or not it was a three. Was, was that what they were doing? looking, I looking at? Whether their foot was on the line
1: because they called the foul on the wrong guy. I mean, he was fouled, but I felt it was, like, the guy running behind. They called
2: it on John Murray, and it should have been on Kenny Jones. Yeah, yeah. That's what it Kenny was. Jones absolutely – rakes nah. his hands on if, the way through.
0: Well, no, he can't stop his momentum from running into his leg when he yeah. kicks it all the way out. If somebody's face had been in front of that, he would have killed him. Yes, he, he kicked would've. it that hard. James Harden blushes at that. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. The the last few minutes of this thing between all the reviews and the timeouts and the, the ghost the, travel, the, the, the ghost travel, the interminable the alcohols, it seemed like it took
1: like i watched the four the, hours the that tennessee state travel three or four times and the camera angle moves so it's hard to tell but if his foot shifted his pivot foot shifted that's not a travel in any other game but here we are a defense by savage yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's
1: what it is he wasn't expecting the full court pressure right there um you know and it's just kind of like Okay, sure. That's uh, if you're going to. You call one travel the whole night, and I think it's maybe the only travel they called that whole night. Oh, yeah. And that's the one you want to ha- hang your hat on. That's Thank you. this officiating crew for yeah. you.
0: Thank you. It's 74 71. McCall's going to the line with three free throws. He's a good free throw shooter. Oh, that's I'm the s- sequence, yeah. I'm sitting on my couch at home watching this back, knowing how it ends, and going, oh, man, he's going to hit all three of these. Like.
1: And the first one is.
0: Just gacked. Just <laughs> totally gagged.
1: Short. Short
0: <laughs> off the whole thing. If it,
1: the only way it was getting in is if it hit and rolled over the entire front of the rim and dropped in. Because it was front iron the moment it left his hand. I mean, just an awful free throw shot. And, th- and the game's over at that
2: point. I mean, there's... Well,
0: well his attempt... Uh, you, you got to admire his attempt at the quick shot on the third yeah. to try to get the tip in. But, I mean, once it hit anybody, it was over. It yeah. He missed
2: happen. the front of the rim on that. If He, hit the, back, he hit the back and it kicked away. Well, yeah. it's,
1: again, it's one of those funny well, you things. Gotta, you gotta
0: you got to keep it close because you don't have time to catch, gather, and shoot. Yeah. you just got to tip.
2: When you're trying to do something
1: at the free throw line, it almost inevitably never works. It's well, w- <laughs> the, the only thing
0: you can try to do at the free throw line and have it be successful is try to hit it because that's what you're naturally supposed Supposed to do there? The the end of that when you see the people like there's a they called Nikki Peterson like weaving <laughs> in the background. Car- Carolyn is about to Macho Man Randy Savage the broadcast <laughs> yep. crew like you could see catharsis playing out in real time for a fan base that had not had a whole lot to be excited about in five. It years. had
1: been a while. I mean, and this was unexpected. Like oh gosh, I yeah. mean we we caught what we went our final two in the regular season, win our final two, and then get a tiebreaker.
0: We we were, because we a, needed
1: a tiebreaker to get in too, or someone needed to beat someone. So we took care of our business and then had to wait tech, to see if someone else did their job.
0: If I remember this correctly, Tech was hosting whoever the tiebreaker was between us and them, and basically, if they lost, they got us. If they won, they got whoever it was. Not it been EKU. I can't remember, but they lost, and we were like, well, I guess they just wanted to see us. Yeah.
1: I mean, so basically we've been in tournament mode for a
0: full week at this point. Oh, longer, because, yeah. I mean, our margin for error had dropped to nil a mm-hmm. long time ago. And, and I mean, when you're, when you're playing
1: effectively our elimination games Nightly. for as long as we did at this point, yeah, I mean, to come back from 18, even though it meant a date with Belmont, was it Belmont in the semis? That was Belmont. We will, we will get
0: to that game later on in this series. Yeah, That's a good
1: one. Because it was Austin Peay, Belmont on the one side of the bracket. It was Murray, Murray and, and the Martin. rest of the league. <laughs> Murray
0: and Martin on the other. Um, you know, and
1: it just kind of like, even though it meant we were going to go play a very good Belmont, right? probably one of the better Belmont regular season teams uh, in that little run that they had, um, we were that happy to get to the semis at this point.
0: Well, I remember walking out of the arena that night and the people we were with, because this was when Corey Adams was working for us, Brittany Sparn, uh, Robert came down, and we were kind of like, well, you know, shoot. if We, can we have, had the all-star crew. If we can have a 30-20 from Horton in the first game and we can have a 20-point comeback in the second, I mean, what's what, next? why can't we beat Belmont? What's, you know? the, what's next on the bingo <laughs> card? What, what, what other improbable thing can we do?
1: We'll find out in, in one of the later editions of
0: Total Recall. Total, Total Recall. Final thoughts? It was fun to relive this game. This was a fun game.
1: It was fun to be at. Yeah,
0: you don't remember any of it. I yeah. do
1: remember this one. Because <laughs> he made the half-court shot. That's why I yeah. remember
2: it. Wasn't, it was a layup. It wasn't a half-court like,
1: shot. The the comeback is the most impressive part, like I said. You know, because you don't see 18-point comebacks at this point in the season when you have a team like – and you shouldn't against a team that plays defense like Tennessee State is capable of at, at this point in their history. Um I would love to know what the analysis was on the Tennessee State side of the last nine because there's not a lot of good explanations for just not only did the defense just stop, but the offense stopped. Like
0: well, I think so nothing. Much of, I think so much of their offense was predicated on getting out in transition You're and running. Right. And when you basically couldn't touch anyone defensively, they had to do a lot of bring it across half court and set up and that what just it's a they, fair point. They could do it, but that just wasn't the thing that made them the most successful. Right.
1: You know, and, and you're probably right because, like you said, their foul trouble was pretty it significant. It was substantial. Um, especially for their starters, the yeah. group that they trusted. Because they they didn't use a deep bench. Like, no. they weren't – you know, it wasn't like Dave Lewis was – I mean, we used our bench, but even it wasn't – well, Zach Glotta's going out there to play four minutes for us. No, it was Zach Glotta's going out there to grab a possession or two. Yeah. And we hope that he doesn't, you know – get burned the whole time he's out there at this point in Some, his career.
0: Something to remember, I guess, and something that I didn't really have a place for because I don't even think he had any stats, but Trey Ivory was on the court <laughs> during the first part of that run back. And, I mean, Trey – the hallmark of Trey Ivory's career was Trey Ivory's going to play defense. Yeah. Um,
1: but, you know, like I said, not a great – Forty minutes of basketball, not anything that you would uh put in any book for this is how you should do this. Yeah,
0: that's not gonna be shown at any of the clinics. Um but in terms of
1: greatest comebacks in program history, Good. this is in the top five. Right there at the very tip top. Um just from the the pure standpoint of the depth of the comeback.
0: And the uh, the, the importance, the moment, the yeah the fact that we had not had any kind of things to to celebrate really. In the previous few years, it was a, it, it was a bit of a hey, Austin P. We're still pretty good at the old basketball yeah. thing. <laughs> we can we can turn the switch
1: on when we want to, and and they decided that's what they wanted to do. I mean, you look, you, you blow out Tech, you you come back on a Tennessee State team, you play. If I remember right, this is w- one of those instant classics in the semifinal round.
0: Oh gosh, yeah, that um, I mean, they sure- where it was
1: forty minutes of good to great basketball by both teams. Like, no one really, like this game was back and forth, big lead, no lead. You know, no one in that, from what I remember, that semifinal is there were no big leads, you know, and it was just punch after punch by both teams for 40 minutes. And you were, if either one of them advanced, you were like, how the heck are they gonna have anything left for the championship? Um, because I, if I, the Murray-Martin game on the other side was pretty one-sided from what I remember.
0: Yeah, Martin, that was a really good Martin year. Yes. They mostly controlled the proceedings there.
2: I'm glad we did one of these where we finally won. <laughs> also, yes, I'm glad you could sniffle through
0: the entire thing. That was fun. Thank you. I'm uh, if you struggling you guys, to breathe here. If you guys heard explosive sneezing
2: throughout, that was Casey. Yeah, you're welcome. It's
1: non-COVID related. We hope.
2: I was, no, I got my results last night. We're negative. We're good. Okay, good deal.
1: Negative on the first test. Let's see what happens in a week at the rate he's
0: going. <laughs> All right, well, we'll wrap this up, and we will do another one. This has been Total Recall, and we will talk to you guys again sometime soon.